strip chess? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, it's very, very sexy. Playing oh chess my. with my husband is sexy to begin with That's, because it's, yeah. you use your brain and it's so sexy. And then I said, let's play strip chess. And we <laughs> did. I, I lost on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so That's fun. That's fantastic. Oh, so I love fun. That. Every person in your life, in your universe, is going to feel the same way about you that you feel about you. It's an inside job. If you want a great relationship, start with yourself. Awesome. You have to be worth it. Don't let yeah. that energy in you until you clear your energy. And then yeah. you invite the energy that matches your energy after you raise your frequency. And then you will attract someone with that frequency. Oh and it'll my. just be like a, a key in a lock and it'll be beautiful. Oh, salute to that. And then I took my son to an audition for Married with Children. And the casting people liked so much how I was with my son in the waiting room that they said, you know what? You'd be perfect for this role of Midge. Wow. Can you come and read? And I said, well, I didn't really prepare. And they said, it's okay. Just take a minute to look at the sides. And I came in and um, you saw my scene probably, right? Oh, yeah. I'm the... I'm the over-caring mother of a devil child. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah. And so I, I did that that reverse snap of put a bark in a demon. And they roared with laughter and booked me. And I was on <laughs> set the next morning with Sam Kinison and the whole cast. And, and I actually did three episodes. One of them, they didn't air because they said I looked too much like the, well, it's true. It was called Desperately Seeking Miss February, and it was Barbie Benton, oh. one of the Playboy Bunnies, centerfolds. Oh my. And they said I looked too much like her, so they couldn't air the episode. Not, not a bad problem, though. <laughs> Not a bad problem at all, but they cut me out and said, we promise we'll have you back. You're just wonderful. And I said, oh, I'm not worried about it. I know you will. And they did. And yeah. that's how it happened. You never know what's coming for you. So just always be a yes. Oh, salute to that. And that's so true. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole, and you know me as the host and producer of this podcast, and I am broadcasting from the entertainment capital of the world, sunny Los Angeles, California. It is about 90 plus degrees out here right now, and my goodness, have we got a wonderful show here for you this afternoon, but thanks so much for joining me on this broadcast here this afternoon. I want to remind all of our listeners that you can listen to all of the episodes of this podcast if you subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. We are broadcasting live on the Mixler app. That's M-I-X-L-R. And uh, you can find us under Cinema After Dark. So it's Mixler.com slash Cinema After Dark if you want to tune in to us live here. Remember, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on this podcast, make sure they reach out to me via the contact link that is on our website over at cinemaafterdark.com. Please make sure you have some skin in the game, though, prior to reaching out to our only requirement. And by skin in the game, I certainly mean you need to have a few credits under your belt because we certainly, certainly value that for credibility. Also, we've got to have something to talk about. I also want to strongly encourage you to follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark, too, for the latest show updates. Remember, this is an information and discussion-based podcast we do not censor ourselves, and we sure the hell do not censor our guests. So please keep in mind that there might be views and opinions expressed on this podcast that may not reflect the views and opinions of the host. We've got a great 
guest here for you this afternoon, live with us today. Oh my, she does so many wonderful things. Her name is Kate Romero, and let me tell you a little bit about Kate. Kate Romero is a life coach, psychic, talent manager, radio host, and has a world title in arm wrestling, something I found rather fascinating. She's also a avid storyteller and a recent Story Slam winner at The Moth. Now, Kate has worked as a talent manager for the past three decades and has nurtured hundreds of careers that are thriving today. And that's one of her greatest joys. It's kind of awesome. Now, doing it by herself, she's kind of refined her career and is a stand-up comic. And she created a one-woman show titled Dearly Beloved Beneath the Wing of Comedy Producer and Pioneer Barry Cats and let's bring Kate on this show here. Kate, my goodness, how are you? I am fantastic. Thank you, Max, for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you on the program here today. So, uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time out to kind of do this and also to do this live. It's, it's fantastic. My pleasure. So, I've got to ask you some things and I kind of want to get in, jump into so many things there. You've got so many things going on. I really want to dive into your uh, your backstory a bit. Would you mind sort of sharing where you were born and raised and how you got started in the entertainment industry? Because I think your story sounds pretty fascinating. Thank you. I'm happy to. I was born in Detroit, Michigan. And as a uh, newborn, my mother had her hands full. She had so many kids. I'm one of seven. I'm the middle child. And when I was six months old, uh, she handed me off to a family while my dad was at work. And when he came home from his, he was an electrician, and we came home from his business trip, um, he didn't know where I was. And she said, well, she had measles. I didn't want her to infect the rest of the family. So I, I had her stay with some people. And she didn't know who the people were. Oh, my. <laughs> so my dad, yeah, right. So my dad went about looking for me, and he went through the courts. And three years later, two and a half years later, I'm three years old when he brings me back home. And when he brought me back home, two weeks later, my dad died of a massive heart attack and left me with a family that did not want me. So yeah, that's an interesting beginning. And the the family's name was Snodgrass. And I was told that I would not drink anything but soured milk when I came back to the family, which tells me somebody neglected me somewhere. And so I, uh, I ran away my first time when I was five in the mean streets of Detroit because it was safer out on the street than it was in our home. Mm. And another 12 times after that until I was 17. And I wanted my mother's love so badly. And I think you can hear in the beginnings of my uh, journey here on earth that that likely was not going to happen, that I would get my mother's love. And um, But I, I wanted it so badly. And she loved her soap operas. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I know today that that was her only escape and probably saved her sanity because life was very, very difficult. We lived on a farm with no running water and we had wood stoves. So we had to I I was the water bearer. I drew the water from the well for a family of nine, 40 buckets a day sometime from age nine to 16 years old, which gave me supernatural strength as a, (laughs) a female. 
Yeah. And the farm life will do that. Drinking whole cow's milk. If we didn't grow it or make it, we didn't have it. Carrying in tons and tons of wood to cook because you, you we had to cook with wood stoves, which means we wow. had to build a fire in the summer, too, to uh, cook our food and bring in lots and lots of wood. And wow. um, By the way, there's some foods that taste take. better in, with wood, aren't, aren't there, that are wood? Based. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. it's nice to have a choice in the matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go to a restaurant just so you can have it, not because you have to. Right. And um, so so that was an interesting beginning to my life. But my mom's soap operas, she watched four of them, uh, Young and the Restless, Days of Our Lives, uh, General Hospital, and All My Children. Oh, my goodness. And, um, yeah, and so she loved it. And nobody was allowed to talk make any noise, not rattle a paper, nothing, while her stories were on. And I started thinking, you know what? I'll bet if I got on her soap operas, she would have to pay attention to me. Yeah, and you did. And you did it. I did. I got on all of them. <laughs> I was a day player, and I had lines to say. And I don't know if she felt that my being on her soaps was an intrusion or yeah. if she was proud of me. She never, to the day she died, ever spoke to me about it. But my sister's said they watched the shows with her and while she didn't say anything about me being on they said that tears would fall down off her face onto her chest wow and and she just never spoke of it to me so anyway that's what got me started in the business and then i loved it and now i'm doing it for me oh that's fantastic it's kind of an interesting start it's cool that you mentioned soaps being a big you know influence and how your mother loved those i know so many people who love soaps and uh, I even watched uh -huh. a few back in the day. It was a uh, kind of interesting watching some of the soaps back in the uh, the day. So yeah, and you know that the soap stars are bigger stars than I mean they they prefer the soap stars over Meryl Streep or Dustin Hoffman or whomever. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's fascinating. How did you get into that though? How did you jump into that kind of uh, career path and the soaps? Because it seems like a lot of people you know, did that. And I, I think it's awesome. I, I have always felt that it's kind of a fascinating way to start. But how did you even get into doing soaps? Oh, well, I started out by, um, I ended up in San Diego, California. I just had a, a new son. And my my son's father just kept insisting I should be an actress. I should be an actress. I should be an actress. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll try it. And I had some pictures taken and I sent, I got the information of all the casting directors in Hollywood and I sent out postcards that said, hello there, you don't know who I am. I haven't even taken my first acting class yet, but one day soon you're going to cast me. So wow. I'll see you then. <laughs> and I sent them out nice. to hun hundreds of people. And uh, one thing led to another. I mean, there's a lot of power in declaration and power of intention. And I wanted my mother's love and approval so badly that I felt like I had a magic wand because the doors opened, they let me in, they put me on the shows, they remembered I sent that little postcard, and they were so happy to help me in my development, and they, every one of them, when they cast me, they said, don't you dare make me look bad, and I'm like, oh, I won't, I know what I'm doing, and I was just kind of a natural at it because I wanted it so much. Wow. And uh, while while it didn't turn out exactly the way I thought it might, like my my mother didn't put a spotlight on me and go, look at my daughter. She was on my soaps. Yeah. 
it didn't matter to me. It didn't matter a bit to me. And I knew that I did it. And it was a real confidence builder. And I just always worked and hustled really hard. And one of my secret weapons was to put my headshot in every dry cleaners within uh, a 10 mile radius of all the studios and oh. where all the casting offices were. Yeah. So they would go get their dry cleaning every week and see my face and think that they saw me on a TV show. Oh, that's awesome. That's and, a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I didn't deny it either. I would just, you know, like in Ghostbusters, if the, if somebody asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Yeah. And uh, that's my favorite line from Ghostbusters. And um, and I live by it. So, you know, and it's like if someone asks you if you can do something, you don't necessarily have to know how to do it when they ask you. You say, yes, you can do it. And then you learn how to do it. And then you do it. Right. Right. That is so, so true. Fantastic. You sort of made your own way there. Just, I did. That's- I still am. Oh, man, that's awesome. (laughs) That's going to lead to something I want to discuss in in a bit here. But you also worked on one of my favorite shows of all time, Married with Children. And you were on one of the Mm -hmm. classic episodes. It's a wonderful life. And that was kind of like a Christmas uh, episode or whatnot. I I still remember it to this day. What was it like working on that show like with uh, Eddie Neal and... Katie, Christina, oh, it was so David. great. Oh. Well, let me, yeah, David Faustino and Christina Applegate oh, and uh, Katie Segal. Yeah. And and my name was Katie on the set, and, and she insisted no one call me Katie. They should call me Kate because she's the only Katie. She's the queen bee. So <laughs> everyone called me Kate. And, and so um, the way I got the part was my son wanted to be an actor because my first job was Top Gun. Oh, yeah. And nice. I worked four days on Top Gun yeah. with Tom Cruise. And I kept talking to Tom Cruise. There were girls lined up around the block twice just to get a look at him. <laughs> and I told the director, I told Tony Scott, I said, you know what? I'm not earning my keep around here. I'd quite frankly pay you guys to get to talk to Tom Cruise. What can, What else can I do? I asked that lady over there with the red hair if I could earn my keep. And she told me to go sit down and be quiet. And <laughs> Tony Scott said, oh, she did, did she? And I said, yes, yeah, she did. And I just really want to earn my keep. Yeah. He said, okay, go to hair, go to makeup, tell him blah, 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 and then come back to me. So they dressed me all up, really cute and sexy, did my hair and my makeup. I came back. He goes, okay, when I call action, you walk in the bar and you say, ooh, yeah, baby, to all the guys at the bar. And that's <laughs> the, the scene where um, Tom Cruise is singing to Kelly McGillis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. The bar Crazy. Scene. Yeah. And so I walk in and I shake my shoulders with all my might. I'm like, oh, yeah, baby. And I got my SAG card doing that. And um, unfortunately, I didn't get an on-screen credit for it, but but it it was the beginning of me being in the union. I mean, I got in the union immediately. And I went to the premiere with Tony Scott and Jerry Bruckheimer. And in the limo, Tony told Jerry Bruckheimer, he said, I want you to arm wrestle Katie. And he said, no, I'm not arm wrestling her. She's a cream puff. And I'm like, oh, that's a mistake. Don't call me a cream puff. And so Tony Tony arm wrestles me on the table in the limo. And I knock him over. I just beat him so easy because he was like five feet tall. And uh, and then, then Tony insists that Jerry arm wrestle me. So Jerry arm wrestled me and he did not want to go peacefully. So we pulled and pulled and pulled until we broke the table and I beat him. Oh he didn't like my, it now that is a hell of a story. <laughs> yeah. One day I'll tell him to his face, he'll remember. Yeah. Because he did not like to be beat by, by a woman. <laughs> yeah. And he kept saying, yeah, try to be an actress in this town. Do you know how much competition there is? I said, yeah, but I just beat you. And I was a little smart mouth. And, and uh, Tony loved it. And yeah. 
So we stayed in touch. And the way I got married with children was my son saw me on Top Gun and he said, you see that plane there, mom? We're in the theater watching Top Gun. And and I said, yeah. He goes, that's me flying it. I want to be an actor too. And if you don't let me, I'm going to run away and join the circus. And he was three (laughs) years old. And I said, oh, well, we we can't have you joining the circus. Okay, but you have to take direction, make eye contact, and have fun. If any of those things don't happen, you have to stop. Deal? He said, deal. And his first year, he guest starred on Family Ties. And uh, That was another great show, by the way. Yeah, and he got nominated for Best Young Actor, his first out of the gate, and joined the union, too, right out of the gate. Uh, He played Little Rocco. Oh, Wow. And they were going to do a spinoff of it. Scott Valentine's little nephew, a, a clone of Scott Valentine with the earrings and the leather jacket. Yeah. And he would say, hey. And uh, <laughs> he was such a cutie. And so it just went on from there. And then I took my son to an audition for Married with Children. And the casting people liked so much how I was with my son in the waiting room that they said, you know what? You'd be perfect for this role of Midge. Wow. Can you come and read? And I said, well, I didn't really prepare. And they said, it's okay. Just take a minute to look at the sides. And I came in and um, you saw my scene probably, right? Oh, yeah. I'm the... I'm the over-caring mother of a devil child. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah. And so I, I did that that reverse snap of put a park in a demon, and they roared with laughter and booked me. And I was <laughs> on set the next morning with Sam Kinison and the whole cast. And, and I actually did three episodes. One of them, they didn't air because they said I looked too much like the, well, it's true. It was called Desperately Seeking Miss February, and it was Barbie Benton, oh. one of the Playboy Bunnies, centerfolds. Oh and they said I looked too much like her, so they couldn't air the episode. Not, not a bad problem, pick, though. <laughs> not a bad problem at all. But they cut me out and said, we promise we'll have you back. You're just wonderful. And I said, oh, I'm not worried about it. I know you will. And they did. And yeah. that's how it happened. You never know what's coming for you, so just always be a yes. Oh, salute to that. And, that's so true. Yeah, that's so so, true. so that's how I got on the Married with Children show, and then I booked Going Growing Pains. Going a second, another out. great, oh God, another great show. By the way, do you watch some of the reruns of uh, Married with Children? Because those come on often, and uh, do you ever catch yourself and get a kick out of that? Yes, I just got, actually, one of the bigger residual checks for Married with Children yesterday. It was, I made 40 bucks overseas. <laughs> and, <laughs> that's awesome. And, <laughs> and after taxes, I got twenty seven forty three. And, and um, uh, I mean, I, I get some residual checks for Married with Children for a nickel. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's like not even worth putting on the, the paper to cash the check, but, but it's, I think it's great that it's still out there and, and it's still alive. And people who know my voice will be, you know, and hear it in the background and come and look and they'll go, there's Kate, you know, and it's like I, I get lots and lots of people sending me Facebook emails saying, I saw you on Married with Children. And it's like, oh, my goodness, that was so long ago. I guess ka-ching to me. I'm going to get a check. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a nickel. Oh, that is awesome. That is fantastic. My goodness. Now, you're you're going to discuss growing pains. That's just. Yeah. The way I got that was, I here's what I did, Max. Back when, before we had electronic submissions, we had to like hand deliver or pay a delivery service or mail our submissions in with a, a hard copy resume and hard copy picture. So I only had agents as my, my calling service because I did... I did my part, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. I made all the resumes that I emailed, I mean, that I mailed out and dropped off blue, and I gave my agents white ones. Oh. And 
99% of the time when I went into the casting office, which I was so good at it, I was six times a day out for series regulars wow. during pilot season. That's awesome. I mean, I was so tired from getting myself the auditions, I could barely muster up the strength to do them. Yeah. And so I knew I was really good at that. And 99% of the time, the resume the casting director was holding is blue. Right. So that told me that I was very effective at this thing. So you know, you know, Yeah. So you know, mm-hmm. so you know how the universe will tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, I think uh, I think you need to go over here. And you just go, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to you later. And here's the thing. When enough people tell you that you look like a donkey, and you don't and you don't listen it's not literally but everyone kept saying i should be an agent everyone kept saying i should be a manager everybody everybody cuz if i wasn't right for a part i would tell the casting director i know somebody who's perfect and then they'd bring that person in that person would book it and the people would say i should give you money you should be my manager you should be my agent i'm like no i'm an actor but then you know when i it's a metaphor to say when enough people tell you you look like a donkey, you better start looking for a tail and some hooves, or you're going to get smacked upside the head with a two-by-four by the universe Yep. that's going to say, I said you should be a manager or an agent. Right. And the way that happened was that I was working on a, a Bank of America national SAG commercial. As the principal, I played the mom in the spot mm-hmm. on a soccer field. And one of the grips at 6 o'clock in the morning at the Rose Bowl set some hot lights behind me on this what you call a high roller. Yeah. <laughs> and he forgot to spread the tripod feet. And Ooh. while I'm rehearsing in front of the camera for the DP and the director, this thing falls over on me. Oh, 35 my. pounds of lead strike me in my right shoulder. What? Whiplash. Yeah, whiplash my neck on camera. I fall to the ground and the the DP and the director said, can you finish the day or do we have to (laughs) cast? And I said, are there residuals? And he says, yes. And I said, I'm finishing the day. Nice. And then the the makeup artist went and got a a pillowcase full of ice and put that on me in between takes. And I carried a 32-pound girl around for two days. Oh, uh, my after that incident. And what I discovered was for the following year, I became more and more unable to function. And my right arm started, it just went limp and atrophied. And SAG uh, health insurance made me wait for almost a year before I was allowed to get an MRI. And when I got the MRI, the neurologist said to me, she said, well, you're going to need to get your affairs in order because you're going to be paralyzed in two years from the neck down. It's inoperable. Yeah, and that because she said my um, the injury I got crushed mm-hmm. and shattered the disc in C5 and 6 in my neck. Craziness. And that was crushing my spinal cord. So my right arm was already paralyzed. So I, it was starting to already happen. Mm. And I couldn't drive my son to school or anything. So I started asking every man, woman, and child, how do you do spiritual warfare with spinal canal stenosis? Because I didn't have anything to lose. And I thought, well, spiritual warfare, I haven't tried that yet. <laughs> and, and little kids would be so cute they say have mommy kiss it or put a band-aid on it and then (laughs) i asked this one heavy metal bass player covered in tattoos and he had a full-on mullet i said okay i'll ask him so i said how do you do spiritual warfare with spinal canal stenosis and he put his finger in the air and he goes i know what to do come with me and my son and i followed him in our car to the sunset strip to a tattoo parlor and we went in and we met a man named ralph who had no hair and tattoos all over his scalp and everywhere else. And he was a Buddhist priest masquerading as a tattoo artist. We told him my story. He says, 
I know exactly what you need. And he put an Omani Padmeom on my right ankle and a colored angel on my right scapula at the impact point. Yeah. He said, if you pay me for this, it will render it useless because it's a spiritual tribal tattoo. And I said, wow, well, what about the law of reciprocity? Will you take a $100 tip? And he went, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to take that tip. (laughs) So I gave him a tip. And two two weeks later... I'm at my doctor's office getting ready to be released to go get paralyzed. And, and I'm in the line, the receptionist to make my copay. Had my MRI in my hand because they're done with me. And I said, Sherry, it's not fair that I'm too young. I'm a single mom. It's inoperable. I'm going to be paralyzed in two years. How could this be? Yeah. And someone behind me said, who told you that? And I said, that doctor in there told me that. And he goes, is that your MRI? And I said, yeah. He said, come with me. He was six feet six, blue eyes, mid-30s. I swear he looked like he had a halo. And he put the x-rays up on the light. And he goes, oh, I can fix that. And I'm looking at him. I'm looking at my tattoo. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm Dr. Robert Bray Jr., head of spinal disorders at Cedars-Sinai Hospital. I've done thousands of this new technology called titanium plate fusion. And if you have insurance that won't cover me, I would love to do it for you for free. Wow. And so talk about uh, believing in a tattoo, right? Yeah. And uh, there's powerful, it's, it's biology and belief, actually. So he did the surgery for me on March 6, 2000. Yeah. And it gave me my life back. And he said, you're going to need another surgery in five years. Because once you, you do the fusion, the vertebrae above it and below it blow out. And mm. I, I, I did Pilates and yoga for 10 years. And I made it last 10 years. And then I needed more surgery. So I've had five spinal fusions. Whoa. I've had my had my right elbow rebuilt and my left shoulder rebuilt so i am fully bionic yeah i was gonna say you're you're like a robot there walking around yeah how does that work when yeah. you go through the uh you know the little metal detector action there um, it- i i think i am i'm engaged to more tsa people than, than I can <laughs> 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 oh, they got my. very familiar with me yes <laughs> That's yeah awesome. so yeah, and and I know these stories are are taking a little long to tell, but I think that they're you know they might offer something to somebody listening that they hadn't thought of, you know, like maybe yeah. just adjustment in their attitude because it really does matter what you think about, you bring about, and I've always known that. I've always known that, and I will always know that. And it's oh, that's the truth. So true, absolutely. And, and it's your belief system. It's like. I have a Katieism. It costs you nothing to believe. It costs you everything if you don't. Believing is free, and it doesn't have any calories, so you can have all you want. A salute to that. That is yeah. so true. Although with our economy and where, where, where things are going with our crazy government, we might get we might start getting charged for air soon. <laughs> but see, it. believing Jeez. is free. That's so true. have all you want. That's and you can truth. believe that number 45 right out of that office. That's the truth. Oh, my. I'll, yeah. I'll, I think you'd have a lot of votes on that. Uh-huh. Belief, belief oh, uh, is the best magic wand you could ever want. Indeed. I, I totally agree with that. By the way, it's kind of interesting, too, that I'm sure this is something that you help people understand when you do some of the life coaching that you do, too. Correct. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yes. I know that's something that you do. And I know mm-hmm. you're also, a, you know, a psychic, too, which is uh, yeah. fascinating, too. Yeah. Um, I got fired for being a psychic once. Oh, my. How so? What happened? Yeah, what happened? Well, back when I was a cocktail waitress in Phoenix, Arizona, I uh, told my boss, Bruce, I said, you're going to sleep with the new bartender. Her husband's going (laughs) to sue you and you're going to lose your business and you're going to end up homeless. And he fired Whoa, me for it. That is craziness. Fired that, me for it. He so fired you for years, that? What? He did. Check this out. Two years later, I came back to visit friends because I missed them. Yeah. And we went out dancing and then we ended up in Danny's at two in the morning like you do. Mm-hmm. And I look up from my menu and I see this downtrodden guy in a booth across from me and I went, oh, 
wow, that looks like Bruce. Yeah. It was. It was Bruce. So I walk over and go, how are you? And he goes, ah. <laughs> you know, he was a little startled. <laughs> and I said, how are you? He goes, oh, my God. Everything you said came true and worse. Oh, my. I, I, lost, I lost my house, my wife, my kids. I'm living on the street. I'm doing drugs. Wow. How did you know? And I said, oh, you believe me now then. That is crazy. And he said, yes, I believe you. And I said, well, don't cross any streets Tuesday. Oh, so, my. <laughs> just just to mess with them and I said, any any tuesday <laughs> uh, by the way when did you find out you kind of had that ability because um, when i was you know, very young huh. i knew what people were thinking i had to if yeah. i wanted to survive because gosh i probably had two thousand beatings in my life and you, you need to know when that club is coming right right so i started learning to read people and i started very young and we all have the ability it's just a matter of how much we believe that we have the ability and care to develop it. True. So I developed mine very early because I had to. And the muscle in me is so strong. Psychic readings to me are like breathing. It's just, I know too much sometimes when I go to the grocery store. I know what people are thinking and I'm like, put that down. You really don't want to buy that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, fascinating. Yeah, so it's it's just on all the time. And I learned also that I am an, an empath where I feel everybody else's feelings. Yeah. And as a life coach, I taught myself not to take on the feelings and keep them inside me. I, I learned to use like a Tai Chi method where the, the person's feelings pass right through me. They go right. in long enough for me to understand and figure out the blocks and, and help them work through that. But then I, I could just pass those things right through me and shake them off like an animal will shake it off when they get startled or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I learned to do that. I learned it. I actually studied animals hmm. and learned how to shake it off so that it doesn't stay inside me. And I'm much happier yeah. because of it. So, But I was carrying around everybody's feelings and I didn't even have any room for my own. And it's I didn't understand. And then when I finally understood I'm an empath, I was like, yeah. oh, well, duh, of course. Oh, my. So Life changing. We all have yeah, we all have the ability. We do. Every one of us. You know, you can think about someone and two minutes later you get a phone call from them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that happens yeah. often. It's a kind of a weird phenomenon yeah. when that does uh, happen. We're psychic. Yeah. We are all psychic. We are all psychic and we are some more. Yeah, I really believe that. I actually believe that we have other abilities, too, that we haven't unlocked yet in our our mm -hmm. mind and yep. you know, our, I guess you could say in our spirit. Or I just believe that the human experience is a, a bit larger than uh, that we uh Little well, the biggest, the, yes, Max, I agree with you 100%. And the biggest one that the world has not yet latched onto, but will, I believe, soon, is the power of love. Oh, absolutely. That is so true. The power of love. If, yeah. if that power of love got ignited in the White House and everybody all of a sudden woke up knowing what that is and living it, it would change everything in a heartbeat. I agree. It's powerful. It's crazy yeah. because there is a thin line between that and hate too and evil. Like good and evil are both. You need both. Yeah. You can't have one without the other. It's yeah. a contrast. Yeah, that, that yin e and yang. That equilibrium there, that yin yang and yang, like you said, yeah. that's uh, yin and yang. It's really yeah. really true. Now yeah. I wanna switch gears here a bit. Sure. Here, Kate. I wanna ask you about, you know, the talent agency that you created. Would you mind talking about that a little bit and how you kind of got into that? You know, everyone's PR and, you know, the stuff that you're doing, you know, mm -hmm. obviously under the uh, stellar uh, angel uh, talent, too, as well. How did you kind of merge that together and, you know, create that? And, and what was your, um, you know, the, the purpose, the drive to uh, to do it? Well, first of all, back when I was uh, 
bedridden and hadn't gotten my diagnosis or the surgery to repair it, I the universe had me questioning everything, learning how to channel. I mean, I was I was dabbling in the unseen like nobody's business because I had nothing to lose. Here I am, a young single mom about to be paralyzed. Come on. So I went to the occult bookstores and I started reading on channeling and it told me put a pad and paper a pad of paper and a pen next to my bed and um, say these words before I go to sleep and the answer will come to me and when I wake up in the middle of the night just scribble it down and I did that for a few months and then one night about four o'clock in the morning I wake up sitting straight up in my bed saying guardian angel guardian angel guardian angel in a man's voice Mm -hmm. and it startled me awake so I scribbled in the dark guardian angel. Next morning, I'm straightening up my bed and I see scribble on the pad and I'm like, who is in my house? That's not my writing. And I looked closer and I saw it said, I made out guardian angel. And I remembered then all of a sudden, I ran to the phone, I called the city and to see if guardian angel management or guardian angel productions was available. Lo and behold, both of them were. So I bought it on the spot. And I didn't have a first clue on how to be a talent manager. So I went out to a restaurant and uh, Italian restaurant that I love. And I heard an actress complaining that, you know, she's winning all these awards for acting, but she, she can't get out to an audition. Huh. So I said, how would you like to be my first client? I just decided to become a manager. And she was my first client and I got her working because remember the blue resumes and how I would get myself all that work. Mm -hmm. I knew I would be good at it. So I I took on more people who were kvetching about not getting out. And I started my little stable of guardian angel and I was the guardian angel for them. and, And I loved it because it was like working for me. But that part of me, the actor part of me had to be sidelined, sidelined for a time so that I could help these other people get out and and create their lives and their careers. So it was Guardian Angel for a long, long time. And then I married my husband, John Steller, and I thought, you know what? Being a Guardian Angel Angel is a heck of a lot of work. I think I'd rather put my feet up and call it Stellar Angel Talent. Oh, that's fantastic. And so I changed the name. And oh, my goodness, the, the things that have happened with this company and the life that I've had because of it and the relationships I've created and and nurtured and the people I've met, I wouldn't change it for anything. And I finally tapered down my client list to three. Wow. And then I started uh, doing stand-up. I yeah. started writing my own jokes from the, I call it traumedy, because I would take the <laughs> traumatic events from my childhood and growing up and these silly relationships. I've been engaged 24 times and had four marriages, so don't tell me I'm not lovable. Right, and- right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of wanted to play a clip here sure. of you because I, I thought it was, uh, it was pretty funny. It's about a five-minute clip mm-hmm. there at uh, Flappers there. By the way, I love stand-up comedy. It's something that I do quite often, and I've you know, obviously been to this particular place, but um, I, I just love it. So it's cool that you, you know, kind of transitioned your career into that. That's uh, quite phenomenal. It, it, yeah, and it's the most healing thing I've ever done. And when I tell stories at The Moth and other places around town to do stand-up comedy, I just render down the five-minute story to a couple of punchlines and come up with my jokes from that. Nice. And it takes the negative energy charge out of the, the traumatic memories and, and turns it into comedy. And it's like turning trauma into triumph. And there's nothing more delicious as far as I'm concerned. You know, that is awesome. And, and that's something that I've considered doing too as well for similar reasons, actually. Been through some interesting 
relationships and situations in life and i always teachers oh god it's they they, you know what it's it's interesting you have to really look past those situations and think about the focus on the positives of those those situations but well here's the thing growth is when you cannot be offended because you understand the other person's behavior oh absolutely when you see it like that you've arrived oh that's so true that is real talk right there kate my Mm -hmm. god that is real talk. But let's let's play. We'll play your clip. I want to play it all out. Okay. And it's a kind okay. of a, a funny uh, <laughs> story. It, it kind of puts everything into perspective and it reflects what you just mentioned there about, you know, relationships and yeah. things of that nature. So I'm going to play this clip here and then we'll come back and continue this conversation. OK, great. OK, folks. Thanks. All right. Here we go. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I turned 50 in April. Years ago. So I can tell that I'm getting older because I've started wearing pearls in the shower. Yeah. And I was once a serial bride. Turns out I was catnip for crazy. The first one that I married, I was 17, I ran away with him. He turned out to be physically abusive and he beat the crap out of me and I had his butt put in jail. And the next one, yeah, right? And the next one, was a really incompetent drug dealer who brought home expensive artwork instead of cash for groceries. So I put that stuff in a pot and I cooked it. And that's when I learned I'm an artisan home chef. And he got busted and put himself in jail. And the next one was a chronic gambler who actually fell prey to one of those Nigerian con artists via fax. He gave him $350,000, new computers, and gold watches on my credit cards. I got a bleeding ulcer from that and almost died. And I had him put in jail, too. I'll teach him a lesson. So, so you know, I don't mean to brag, honestly. I'm very humble. <laughs> but I was such a whiz at housekeeping in those marriages because in the divorces I kept all the houses <laughs> true story yeah so and being raised by malignant narcissists who told me I wasn't lovable all my childhood I just want to say that I've been engaged 24 times and I've had four marriages so don't freaking tell me I'm not lovable <laughs> I'm plenty lovable okay so With all that drama, and everywhere I go, there I am, I'm thinking, there's got to be a reason that I'm attracting the same kind of people that raised me to be my mate. So I'm going to take a two-year sabbatical from dating. Try that. So I took myself out to dinners. I pulled out the chair for me. I opened the doors for me, and I paid. Yeah, it was the best relationship I'd ever had in my life. I was kind to me. I was loyal to me. I took myself up to my place for a little scotch and sofa. I did. But you know, I really wanted some meal energy in my home. So I went to Macy's. You guys know Macy's, right? Across the street there. And I bought a men's velvet designer robe and matching slippers. I didn't look at the size. Didn't matter. And I took a month to go back and smell every male cologne that they had in the place. Because, you know, you smell it once and your nose is blown out. you got to go back because coffee beans don't work. And, and I picked one. It was called Givenchy. 
So I took that home, I put the men's robe in my bedroom closet and the slippers under my bed, and I put the, the cologne, I spritzed it over my pillow every night for two years. And I gotta tell you, I was so happy with my own company that I no longer needed a man to complete me. So, of course, thank you. I met one. <laughs> and he's handsome, he's smart, he's funny, and he's just amazing. And the thing is, is that when it became appropriate to do so, he comes over, he tries on the road with slippers, and remember, I did not check the size. The shoes are nine and a half, they fit perfect. He goes through two bottles of what he calls Manifesto Man. And I found my Cinderella and I wasn't even looking. Isn't that the way it works? Right? And so we get along great and we, we actually play strip chess. And even when I lose, I win. Um, and we've been married 11 years and counting now. Thank you. And, and all those engagement rings I got from those 24 suitors and also the marriages. I melted those down and made our wedding rings. And I cleaned up that old energy. That's alchemy, baby. Yeah. And he's a keeper, and we get along great. But there's just one problem. This healthy relationship is really not so good for my comedy career. Because what am I supposed to say? He makes me laugh. He's a sexual dynamo. He takes care of my feelings. What a dick. <laughs> That's my time. I'm Kate Romero. Thank you. <laughs> uh, good stuff. By the way, it's Thank cool. You. It's cool that you uh, you know relate to all of your your stories, uh, situations that you can relate to, and others can uh, relate to. And I, I thought it was funny that. And cool that you talked about, you know, having a relationship with yourself and how you took yourself mm -hmm. out. But I could ask you about something a little bit of strip chess. Oh, my. Oh, it's very, very sexy. Playing oh chess my. with my husband is sexy to begin with That's, because it's, yeah. you use your brain and it's so sexy. And then I said, let's play strip chess. And we <laughs> did. I, I lost on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's fun. fantastic. Oh, so I love fun. that. Eleven years of marriage, though. That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. that's really wonderful. And by the way, folks, this is a uh, clip. This on YouTube uh, titled "Flappers Burbank Kate Romero Five Minutes Six Sixteen Twenty Seventeen, which is yeah, not too long ago. It was last weekend. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty I wrote cool. that. I wrote that routine that morning. Yeah, and found out that my mother-in-law was in hospice an hour before I went on. So I had to really whoa, <laughs> you oh, know, man. I. Someone said, because I said, I don't know if I can go on. And, and someone said, do it for your mother-in-law to raise her frequency. And I went, oh, my God, you just said the right thing. So I, I couldn't wait to get on that stage and do that for her. And yeah. um, and up there, you know, bragging that her son is so amazing. So, wow. yeah, so it's you just never know. You just never know. And, and nobody cares. The audience doesn't care if the ballerina has cramps. So the show has to go on. Oh, I love that. By the way, is that an unnerving experience for you being up there live on the stage? Or do you feel, does it just bring out the best in you? Do you get nervous? Is there anticipation? What's it like going on that stage? I leave my body and turn it over to divine order. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I guess that's the best way to approach it, really. Anyone yeah. can do it. I recommend it. Yeah. It seems like it's therapeutic. Kate, what totally. Do you think? Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. It's giving me my life in a way that I didn't know would be possible. It wasn't predictable that I would have this kind of joy in my life. Yeah. 
By the way, I, I've got to ask you too about you know the one woman show, Dearly mm-hmm. Beloved. Is that is that a part of that, or there's parts of that integrated? In yep, that? absolutely. Uh, it's going to be Dearly Beloved. The poster will be half of me in wedding veil and dress, and half of me in funeral veil and dress. Ah. And Dearly Beloved is all about the journey to loving myself. Oh, and once fantastic. I learned how, once I learned how, that's when my life started happening and I'm happily married. And I married these men who were 15 years older than me think, because mm. unconsciously I was looking for a dad because mine died when I was three. Yeah. But I didn't know it at the time. And they don't have their stuff together just because they're older. I felt like I was their mother. And so my husband that I have is 10 years younger than me. So obviously I'm cured of that. And wow. um, he says he runs to catch up with me. And I, I think he's right. Wow. <laughs> I think it's perfect. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's cool to know that love like that does exist. And that, because mm-hmm. uh, I think in today's society, relationships are so short term now and people don't really fully commit. It's, it's I don't know, it's um, people, it's kind of like a swipe right or sl- swipe left app driven uh, dating society now where. App schmap. App schmap. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Every person in your life in your universe, is going to feel the same way about you that you feel about you. Good point. It's an inside job. If you want a great relationship, start with yourself. Right. And that's what Dearly Beloved is all about, you know, and there's going to, there's a a huge part of it of me taking myself out on dates, wearing negligees just for me, drinking champagne, the robe and slippers, the men's cologne, because it's, it's what I did. And the law of attraction brought me a man that those items fit. I was just going to ask you that if it was a, if that law kind of that universal law, which I feel so true, you'd like attracts like. Well, guess what? My husband is the publicist that launched the film and book called The Secret. Oh my, that mm-hmm. is tremendous. <laughs> That's everyone's PR. That's how everyone's PR came about. That is tremendous. My yep. God, that is just amazing how that happens. Oh, yep. That is Synchronicity. Crazy. Yep. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Belief. Power wow. and belief. Wow. Now, yep. Kate, I've got to do something here to you that what? I do. Well, you know, it's something I do to all of my guests here and. bring it on bring it on bring it on so you want to dive right in you don't even okay so you you, i don't care okay all right all right we'll see do i seem do i seem like i am uh uh kind of a a wimpy person to you no no you don't i'm (laughs) just i'm just making sure here i want to make sure that this is something that you really want to experience because i don't want to discriminate you know I, i do this to every guest that comes on this podcast and I've just, mm-hmm. you know, you seem like you, you know, you beat a couple people at arm wrestling, you know, you, you do the stand up thing. I, I think you're, you're bold, but I don't know if you're ready for this, but, um, okay. Gonna, are you, are you going to shock me through the microphone? No, no, not that, not that, okay. not quite that, but you know, this may shock you a little bit. I, okay. I, uh, are, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. <laughs> Now, Kate, <laughs> this is a part of the show where I ask our guests to share a fun fact about themselves. Oh, God, all that for this, right? And <laughs> that fun fact has to be something that you're willing to share, preferably something that people don't know about you. And I'm going to leave the floor open to you, preferably something that people will find out. 
that they don't know. The spotlight is on you. Okay. I think I would like to share my most embarrassing moment. Ooh. Please continue. Yeah. My son and I, I said I was a single mom in Hollywood. Uh, we went to the bank together because they changed banks on me and didn't give me my new account number. And so I'm preoccupied and, and I heard in the news that people were running up and taking babies out of the mother's arms and stealing them. And I was super, super overprotective anyway, and especially so during that time. So I'm holding my son's hand and I'm pulling him up to the teller and he's squirming free, squirming free, wants to just go play by this plant and like kids do. So I'm I'm getting my cash from this teller who's telling me that she doesn't know how to access my account and I'm telling her, you have to, I have to buy groceries. And my son's playing and I keep looking back at him and he's playing by this plant. She gives me my cash, I'm counting my cash, I reach back for my son with my hand going, come on, Kaylin, come on, Kaylin. And I'm, I'm, grabbing, at, I'm grabbing for his hand like he always grabs my hand when I do that. And I'm feeling denim in my fingers. And I'm like, wait, he's not wearing denim today. Oh and I my. look back. I look back as I'm walking out the bank door. I am fondling the crotch of a rabbi. <laughs> I've got his cash prizes in my hand. And I don't think he's circumcised. <laughs> and I said, oh, my, my God, I'm so sorry. Shalom. <laughs> I mean, shalom. And and so my son is rolling on the floor laughing. He totally set me up. And that, to this day, is still my oh. most embarrassing moment. Oh, and my. He saw me in the bank the next week, and he and he winked at me. And I'm just like, oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Now, that is one hell of a fun fact and embarrassing moment there. <laughs> Although, for the rabbi, he might have, well, it might have been Love enjoyable. <laughs> curly things down the sides of his head with that big hat <laughs> and here i've got his junk in my hand and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> oh my god i love that oh yeah. my that is a great great <laughs> fun fact well you can tell i was preoccupied from my situation i'm really pretty <laughs> self-aware and i could could not believe i let myself slip like that <laughs> but you know it's a good memory for my son he loves to rub that in oh that is awesome what a great yeah. Fun fact, I appreciate you uh, sharing that uh, with yeah. our listeners. Oh, my goodness. A couple of people listening there uh, really got a kick out of that, by the way, that are in our uh, our chat room. So I got to say that was a great fun <laughs> fact there. Now, we are approaching the end of the program here. I've got to bring you back. Obviously, there's so much more we can discuss. But uh, Yeah, I have to tell you about growing pains. I know. I we'll come back to that. We'll we'll, sure. we'll have you come back and we'll, we'll talk about that because there's so much more that I... I definitely want to uh, discuss here, but I kind of want to know if there's any advice that you would give to anyone out there that may want to do what you're doing right now. Maybe they don't have the courage, you know, maybe they don't have the resources, you know, maybe they're listening and they're trying to figure this thing out. Is there any advice that you would give? Because you've shared some really, really great information and insight, uh, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, anything particularly that you would like to share with folks? Yeah. Every story I told, Every part of my life I shared here, I started from nothing. I started from nothing. I had no resources, no support, no help. I decided that I was worthy of having a life that I wanted. And I raised the bar high. I forced myself to because being raised the way I was, I didn't just didn't have self-esteem. I had minus self-esteem. So I had to first start finding out what are my preferences 
because my family insisted I live by their belief system and I didn't even know what mine was. So I started as a child, I put my happiness on layaway and I knew one day that I would get that, you know, like you put a coat on layaway at Kmart and then by the time it's winter, you've paid for it. Yeah, I, I did that with my happiness and I didn't have support. I didn't have resources. I just decided that is what I'm going to do. Remember, I sent out the postcard saying I hadn't had an acting class and they're going to book me and they did. Yeah, It's just a belief in yourself and fake it till you make it. And if you don't believe in yourself, pretend that you do because it doesn't cost you a darn thing. Oh, wow. and I just love that. act. Act as if. Act as if. Say thank you in advance of the event coming true. Say thank you. Gratitude is an awesome magic wand. That's so it true. makes you a sorcerer. And what is a sorcerer? It's a person connected to source energy. That is all it is. That oh, is all my. it is. Tap into the unseen. Why not? Nobody can prove it isn't there for your benefit. Nobody can prove that all the riches in the world aren't there for you and you're the only one blocking yourself from it nobody can prove that isn't true right right that is great great advice so go for it go for it Salute what you waiting that. for you can't you can wait rest when you're dead rest when you're dead right you know? right oh my i completely co-sign everything you just said now how can folks get in contact with you and by the way do you have any upcoming uh stand-up events you know, i do like to share oh i do fire I'm away going to be at flappers apparently they like that set that i did last weekend so yeah. they booked me again nice they booked me for something called dad jokes with a celebrity guest who we don't know who it is yet but ah. they do they don't tell us and it's going to be at seven o'clock in the yoohoo room at flappers burbank and it's on a sunday the 23rd and i will have new material that i will write before then and i hope everybody comes out and has a good time because there's nothing more healing than laughter oh that's so true i completely agree i'm quite a jokester myself so you know good I laugh oh my I mean, a good laugh is just necessary it's it's therapeutic i mean if you can laugh oxytocin then... it, it causes oxytocin better than sex i was just gonna say is it better than sex but you, you yes. confirmed it <laughs> totally totally without laughter you wouldn't even have any sex if you're not funny you're not gonna get a laugh <laughs> or it might be better to have sex and just laugh while you're having sex but you know that could go <laughs> they, one of well, two ways yeah, they have laughter yoga. Why can't they have laughter sex? <laughs> Why not? I, agree with you. I think I'll try that. I agree with you. Although I have to tell you, one of the things that I've been wanting to do, Kate, and this is just a, a, just a personal secret, I've been wanting to bite into, because I love Reese's peanut butter cups, so I've been wanting to bite into a Reese's cup in the middle of sex. That would be... I think that would be the most amazing experience because you've you've stimulated the mouth and oh my god it could be just crazy and I might even start laughing now that you just said laughter is uh, better than uh, sex there I might mix all three oh my well I love that you shared your secret <laughs> see how I got you to do that indeed <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's it would be a wonderful thing to do it would be like oh my goodness your version of strip chest that would be amazing oh my gosh although I took I'm gonna take note I'm gonna take little pointers there strip chest yeah I, I gotta find the you play other, chess do you gotta, play chess and you know what I do I have but I haven't in a while quite some it's time it's super sexy when you play with somebody you're interested in oh my it's so sexy because you're using your stimulus your mind and I always said that I am not going to settle for a man who doesn't provide for me a 24/7 mental orgasm 
by stimulating my intelligence. Oh, good stuff. Does it work? I don't know. Oh, it I've does. had a lot of good oh, conversations. I don't know. Oh, nothing else matters unless you start there. Okay. Start between the ears. Okay. Start okay. between the ears. I mean, you'll you'll be together forever if you find somebody who stimulates your intelligence and stimulates your intellect and yeah. And, you know, and makes you laugh. And wow, there's just nothing more delicious than finding that and knowing that you're worth waiting for it. Well, you know, I took two years to find it. See, that is encouraging to know. It's nice to know that there are ladies out there who appreciate those qualities and skill sets. I didn't have sex with anybody for that two years. Why would I? That's why I took myself up to my place for a little scotch and sofa, because (laughs) it was all me, baby. Oh, my. (laughs) All of my charms are at the end of my arms. (laughs) Uh, I love that. That is awesome. You have to be worth it. Don't let that energy in you until you clear your energy and then you invite the energy that matches your energy after you raise your frequency and then you will attract someone with that frequency and it'll just be like a a key in a lock and it'll be beautiful salute to that salute to everything you've just said and everything that you've shared i've got to bring you back on this podcast we are going to schedule that soon we'll talk about some other stuff because i want to talk to you about radio i want to talk to you about a a few other things so we'll quantum hypnotherapy that's a story right there we have to talk about that there's 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 so many the show intervention how that came out of my head oh geez we're gonna do this all right we're gonna book that date okay we're gonna we're gonna bring you back here soon okay good good i i really want to continue this uh discussion here but i want to take up too much of your app you know this afternoon it's pretty nice outside so i don't want to take up too much of your afternoon there but oh uh, i'm just gonna go see three solo shows at the fringe festival oh fantastic nice <laughs> yeah nice yeah. that's a good way to spend the uh the friday the evening. yeah, yeah. Very, absolutely very good. well you've been just a joy max oh. I, just you've been a wonderful wonderful host and oh. i'm really happy that you had me on because it's just a blast and i hope something we talked about inspires your listeners and and has them think of things differently oh you know absolutely. well it's my pleasure it is a pleasure and certainly an honor to have you on this program here live this afternoon and uh Gosh, if, if folks are out there and they weren't able to listen to the live version of this, the podcast version will be updated here and uploaded in a few days. But uh, gosh, Kate, I, I really appreciate you coming on. My pleasure. Anytime. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Kate Romero. Make sure you check her out. Follow her. Oh, my God. Stalk her. Check out one of her live Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Oh, my goodness. Facebook. As long as there are no cat pics uh, posted. Oh, my. (laughs) No, I have a dog pic. My little Chewbacca. Now you're talking. My little Chewbacca. I like that. See, I'm I'm a dog guy. I'm a dog kind of guy. You know, I I do tend to uh, love dogs. But um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, folks. And I want to play some music here and and sort of ride this out. But again, ladies and gentlemen, that was Kate Romero. Make sure you check her out. And we will be back with more after this break. Thanks so much, Kate. You're welcome. And welcome back to the show here tonight. Before we wrap, I want to thank our guest tonight, Miss Kate Romero. What a great discussion that was. And again, sorry folks for the first seven minutes of our discussion there. It looked like her mic was having some issues there, but it seemed to work itself out throughout the duration of the discussion. But what a great guest she was. I appreciate you all tuning in tonight. Thanks to those that were in the chat and who listened to this show live. Remember, if you haven't had an opportunity, please subscribe to our show in iTunes. You can also find us on Stitcher, 
TuneIn, and Google Play, or you can listen to us live now on the cinemaafterdark.com website. The best thing to do is to follow us on Twitter, find out when we're going to broadcast. We don't have a set time yet because you know, these schedules are kind of random, but you can certainly catch us a few times during the week. So thank you all for tuning in tonight. Have a wonderful